0: Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
1: Three times in the garden, if it be your will, O Lord. done but your will be done lord i will accept your perfect will for my life today because you hold my destiny you have a purpose for me you have a plan I want to follow your way. I love your perfect will. I love the choice you make for me. I just love the mystery of your will. Just take my hand and walk with me. Oh, Lord trust in your will I believe in your word I'll go all the way Lord I will accept your perfect will for my life today cause you hold my destiny you have a purpose for me you have a plan I want to follow your way follow you you hold my destiny you have a purpose for me you have a plan for me Oh, oh. I want to follow your way he holds your destiny He has a purpose for you, He has a plan for you, will you follow His will? It's alright, I'll do what you say, it's alright, I'll follow your way, it's alright, will you do what He says, it's alright. You follow his will. Hey, it's all right. I'll do what you say. It's all right. I'll follow your ways. He holds your destiny, he has a purpose for you, he has a plan for you. Will you follow? It's alright, I'll do what you say It's alright, I'll follow your will Say, it's alright, I'll do what you say It's alright, I'll follow your will He holds my destiny He has a purpose for me Amen
0: Hallelujah! God always has a purpose. It is all right to do what He says, and it's all right to follow Him. Where we always hear the He the words of God. Amen. Amen. Can we pray over the offerings, please?
2: Good morning. Good morning. The place is so quiet. I'm not sure if you didn't have coffee this morning, but maybe we'll start bringing coffee to church very soon. Hallelujah. Why don't you jolt your neighbor, tell them, wake up, wake up, wake up. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this morning, for the opportunity to be gathered at your feet, to listen to your word. We pray that, Lord, our lives will be transformed and will be changed. We are not here for information, Lord, but we are here that you will transform our lives and make us like Jesus Christ. May we not come to church and be the same. We pray for the help of your spirit. Holy Spirit, help us here and to listen to your word. we pray that, Lord, you will forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from unrighteousness, O oh God. And may we be considered holy to stand before you and to sit before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Reverend, it's having a convention somewhere. Amen. And uh, he asked me to share uh, this simple message with you, hallelujah. Anytime he asks me to preach, I ask him, please tell me what to preach. I like it that way, hallelujah. Because the Father knows what the children uh, need to eat, amen? Well, this morning, we're going to talk about taming the tongue. Taming the tongue, hallelujah. Let's, talk to, let's go to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 3, verse 1 to 12 book of James, are you there? Okay, I'll wait for you. If you don't have a Bible to, um, it's okay. I think we should all get Bibles to church. What do you think? Buy yourself an iPad this year, you know? You deserve an iPad. What a tell neighbor, you deserve an iPad. Yeah, you should buy an iPad. Your, Your kid's speed bag is more expensive than you should get an iPad with the Bible on it. Hallelujah. Okay. My brethren, be not, can I get NASB Bible, please? It's easier, and, and we'll look at other versions as well. NASB. Okay. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur, what, <clears throat> a stricter judgment. Okay, let's keep going. For we all stumble in many ways. How many of you can attest that you all stumble in many ways? If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. Do you get it? Able to bridle or control the whole body as well. Verse 3. Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire bodies as well. Verse 4. Look at the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also is the tongue, amen, It's a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. See, the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a fire. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I have fire in my mouth. (laughs) Amen. The very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body or the entire church, and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every species of beast and bird and of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. <laughs> it is what? What is it? What is it? And then what is it again? Full of what? Tell them, I have poison in my mouth. <laughs> Do you get it? So your tongue is what? Evil and what? Full of poison and it's also what? Fire. Verse 9. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. So the same mouth that we used to bless God, God sometimes went, ah, isn't it the same mouth that curses were coming out out of it? With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God, okay? From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Okay, next. Okay. Hallelujah, Amen. Well, this is a very straightforward scripture. Is my, is, can you hear me? I feel like I'm shouting. I don't know what it is. Okay. So um, I, I was. I mean, I'm sure many of you have heard, seen uh, wildfires before, especially in California. You get it. And normally. If you go into the background of these stories, it's someone or some kid somewhere who threw a firecracker into the forest, and then it started uh, a whole bushfire that sometimes can consume acres and acres of land. You know, and recently I think I heard in Portland where they had one of these wildfires, a, a young guy just threw a firecracker in the in the forest and. It destroyed about 30,000 acres of land just because of something very small. Do you you, you get what I'm saying? And I remember a friend of mine bought a new car, a Hyundai, well, of course, a Hyundai. And uh, he said that he just saw something, some wire, he tried to just connect some things in the car by himself because he wanted to save money. And that little connection that he didn't, uh, do it well. He was sitting in traffic, and then the car started smoking. And within three minutes, the car, the whole car, caught fire, and the whole thing bent down. Do you get it? Just because of a small fire. Hallelujah! A little spark can make a difference. You know. And if you you study history, one of the things that started the First World War was. Um, a uh, 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 king of Sarajevo, he's called uh, uh, Ferdinand or something like that, he was just shot. He was assassinated and killed. And then that one bullet actually started a war that killed 17 million people. And then 20 million people were injured. Can you imagine if you have a church of 17 million people? I mean, is that a lot? That's a whole country. Do you get it? And not only that, but actually the Second World War was also started as a result of the First World War. And now you're looking at about 40 million people. Do you get it? Because when Hitler came into power, he thought that Germany had not been compensated well during the First World War, so they have to fight again and regain their land just because of one single bullet. Do you get it? And in the same way, if you look at your life, One thing that is also affecting our lives, affecting us as Christians, our marriages, our jobs, and whatever you can think of is that little member called the tongue. Are you with me, church? Yeah, that little member called what the tongue it has this. The demon of uh, the tongue has destroyed many churches. Let me not call it the demon, the tongue has destroyed many churches, many marriages, many families, more than even the demons have uh, destroyed these things. One day, someone was blaming the devil for destroying a marriage, and the devil said, look, this one, I mean, I know I'm bad, but this one, is not my fault. <laughs> do, 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 do you get it? Yeah, this one is not my fault. See, the Bible says in, let's go to James one twenty six. Let me share something with you. Are you with me, in church? James one twenty six says that, If anyone thinks to be a religious person and does not control his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is what? Worthless. Do you get it? So you are singing in the choir. You are ushering. What else are you doing? Just think about all the religious activities. we You are leading prayer, leading praise and worship. But God says that if your tongue is full of gossiping, tail bearing, accusations, uh, what what have you, Uh, wild stories, dirty jokes, your religion, everything you do is worthless before God. Do do you understand what I'm saying? He said, if you can't just control that one little member, and you might be saying, well, pastor, what are you talking about? I have bigger demons to deal with. You know, I'm struggling with alcohol, I'm struggling with uh, sex, I'm struggling with uh, my emotions. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with so many bigger problems. Do you get it? But God never said that these things set the course of your life. He said that the one thing that you think doesn't really affect you, but rather affect you, is how you use your tongue. (laughs) Do you you understand what I'm saying? So normally, when Christians, you know, we have categories of sins. Do you see if you're a fornicator, it's like you are a first-class sinner. If you're a smoker, a drinker, or you've broken someone's marriage, you are the first, when we come to sin, you are like the first class. Do, do you get it? And then second, then economy. <laughs> economy sinners, oh, maybe you don't come to church. You, once, you come to church once a, a year. You are not serious with your Christianity. Then we say you are a second-class what? Sinner. Do, do you see? Or a, An economy sinner. But then God is saying that these things don't matter to me. The one thing I hate, if you look at the things that God hates, one of the things God talked about is a lying tongue. Do you get it? So we have set our own special type of sins that if you do these things, you are the worst of the worst. And the church is, that's what the church is full of hypocrites. Do you get it? Someone says that if you are looking for actors, go to Hollywood, come to the church. Because that is where you get the perfect pretenders. You know, those who are broke are saying they are rich. How are your finances? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. But pastor, I am broke. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? How is marriage? Oh, we are blessed. You know, how is life? Oh, everything is going well. But truth be told, life is not easy for you. You get it and you see some the couples thinking you might say oh these people have the most perfect marriage you know the, the, the you see couple who wear the same dress you, you, you see what have you seen those one before yeah they you know where the man wears the green shirt and the lady wears the green dress and their shoes even match you know their bags even match you know his wallet and her bag match you know when he has a a, a green wallet she has a green kidspeed bag You see, (laughs) the green glasses, green shoes, you know, and then they drive a green Mercedes Benz to church, you know, and the child O'Neill and Dolores, you know, are also wearing a green hat and a green hat and a green. Oh, what a perfect couple! But when they go home, do, do, do you understand? Yeah. So God knows that these things we all pretend. Do, do you get it? But the, he actually goes down and look at that one piece of our lives where we normally overlook—that is our tongue, or the words that come out of our mouth. And one thing a Christian should be able to do is to control your tongue and what you say. You know, recently someone sent me a nasty text, Nasty gram, Yeah, I looked at it and I, I just look at it and I say, you know what? I want to respond. And I'm sure the person is waiting for a response. Because normally when people send you such things, they are waiting for you to also sense and then the battle will continue. Like Donald Trump, you see. One of the best ways to avoid Donald Trump is not to respond to him. (laughs) Do you get it? Because he enjoys fighting. Do you get it? he, He enjoys fighting and you know, bulldozing his way around. Do you get it? So one of the best ways you realize that President Obama has avoided fighting with him is not to respond to him. Do you get it? So when I saw the text, I just decided I would not respond to this. Amen. Yeah, because texting and speaking are almost the same thing. Do you get it? It's just the expression of your lips through your fingers. Do you get it? So I just decided that I won't even say anything. Do you get it? And the Bible says that the man who controls his tongue saves his soul from a lot of evil. Do you understand? And you see, we as Christians should decide that look, one part of our bodies that we need to control them is not even the part under your belt which we normally preach about most of the time. True or not true? Yeah, because if you look at the thing God says he hates. He didn't mention that one. (laughs) Do do, do you get it? You know what I'm talking about. He didn't make, because God knows how he made you. That that part of your body is not easy to control. see, that is why he allowed Solomon to marry a thousand. Not that he allowed, but he understood. Do you get it? And so Moses went for an Ethiopian woman. And the Bible says that, yes, he had gone for an Ethiopian woman. And God could see that, look, the man, Charlie, he has an appetite for Ethiopian Women, but let me just leave him alone. <laughs> do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Let me just leave him alone. So it looks like you not know, that God overlooks it, but He doesn't really uh, take people on in that area. But but the part that He takes you and I on is the things that comes out of our mouth, because the Bible says in Matthew twelve thirty three that on the judgment day, we will all give an account of idle words. Can you imagine idle words, the casual words, the words we say we never meant them? Do you understand? Oh, foolish boy. Oh, foolish woman. Oh, foolish son. Bible says that all these casual words, we are going to give an account of them on the judgment day. And by your words, you either be found guilty or be found righteous. Isn't that scary? hallelujah, yeah, many churches have been destroyed by just the tongue, many people have been driven away from churches by just the tongue, oh, true or not true? Many marriages could have been saved if we had just learned to keep our mouths, what, shut, shut. Many kids would have gone on to be very successful if we had learned not to kill their confidence at home. Because there's nothing as damaging to a child's confidence than the the words that come out of the mouth of their parents. You will not amount to much. I don't have confidence in you. You are going to fail your exam. You've, you, you, you've not made me a proud parent. Nothing kills a child's confidence. So the child is at home, doesn't have motivation to study, doesn't have motivation to do anything. You get it? Just because of how you spoke to them and what you said and how you said it. One day, my little child earlier was asking me, about, Daddy, why are you screaming about this thing? He said, Just talk to me. I said, Just, just, just talk to me. <laughs> I was like, wow. He said, he said just, just, just talk to me. I can hear you. <laughs> Seven years old. Did you get it? Yeah. Seven years old. <laughs> oh, are we learning something? Yeah. Do, do you get it? Yeah. So you and I need to really make a conscious point that God should really help us in this department of our lives. You get it? Because the Bible says that, you see, it determines the course of your life. You see, it says that death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. Let's read it. Let's read it from the Bible. Oh, are are you in the church? Are we in the Bible teaching church? Right. Let's go to um, Proverbs 18 verse 21. Proverbs 8. Let's look at the amplified version. It says that death and life. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Go to the Message Bible. Go ahead and read. One, two, three, go. Say it, read it one more time, please. Amen. So, you can poison your life or make your life fruitful by what you say and how you say it. You can poison your finances by insulting your boss. Do you understand? You can be found lonely in your master bedroom. In your, in your 5,000 square foot penthouse in Manhattan, by what you say. Do you, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? So you can poison your life. You choose. He said, you choose. You understand? You choose. You choose. You choose how your life wants to be, but how you talk and what you say to people. You know, some of you, you don't have friends. You see, because you've poisoned the well of friendship around you that nobody wants to drink from you. Oh, are you with me, church? Yeah. You don't have friends, and you say, oh, people are somewhere, you know, nobody likes me. And you must also check, you see, what type of waters do you have around you? Are they poisoned waters? Do you get it? You're poison. You see, when people try to relate to you, the only thing that comes out of you are gossips, you know, tale-bearing, malicious words, dirty jokes, uh, you name it. Do You see, and nobody wants to be around such a person. Do you get it? And you sometimes wonder why people don't come near you. Because of how you say things and what you say. And you might think that, oh, you are gossiping to have friends. But you see, when you gossip, people are afraid of you. Because the person who gossips to you by, to, about others will gossip about others, oh, uh, you to others. Because such a person just needs information. I was talking to such and such and such and she was telling me that her marriage is not going well you see i believe it because last i went to her house and the type of rice she cooked and the stew you see the stew was very light you don't know whether it's orange juice or stew or tomato juice do you see and you see that is why her mean, mar- meanwhile such a person also decides to confide in you and say that you know sister i think my marriage is not going well how do you make this chicken stew it's very nice I want to make it for my home. And such a person confided in you and you just turned around and you said, you know, I think sister so-and-so doesn't have a good marriage. Really? I think she's a bad wife. Why? She doesn't know how to cook. Do, do, do you see? Whether the stew, the stew is a stew or a soup. You don't know. It's a stoop. You know, stew or soup. You know, you know. and you see, this, this type of young, young people. <laughs> do you get it? But all the, the mistake the person did Was to do what? Confide in you. And you wonder why you don't have friends. It determines what? The course of your life. You you determine whether you are fruitful or your life becomes what? Better. Put it that way, poisonous. Or am I preaching to somebody? Yeah, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. So going forward, it's de- decide that the words, what did what the psalmist say? Let the words, what, of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, because the heart and the mouth are connected, be what? Acceptable. Ask yourself, are these words acceptable in the eyes of God? What would God say? If he hears me saying such a thing, what would heaven think of me? Am I confident in these words? If on the judgment day, every word that I have spoken is put on the flat screen TV for the whole world to hear, God presses a tape of your life. Now let's listen to John. Play. You be like God. Please pause. <laughs> pause. Right there. <laughs> Did you get it? Pause right here. God, please. Pause right here. God, this one, please. It's PG 13. God, please control alt delete this one. Oh man, may we control our lips. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yeah. Now let's let's keep going. Amen. Let's go to let's go to James 3 5 again. It says that the tongue is a small part of the body. And yet it does what? Great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. You must control your tongue because your tongue is a fire. Are you with me? It is a fire. Words have a way of setting a home on fire. It has a way of setting a church on fire. Hallelujah. It has a way of setting a whole country on fire. True or not true? It has a way of agitating a whole country. You see, if the president doesn't watch, or let me put it this way, the stock market sometimes rises or falls based on the comments by a president. So presidents always have their words checked, double-checked, double-checked. Everything they do is staged. I mean, some presidents, not all presidents. Everything they do is staged. Use this word and not this word. Do you get it? Use this word and not this word. Because the whole society, because the president has so much power that what is people think that, because what you say is what is in your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, the whole stock market can rise or fall. People can become very emotional based on how the president speaks. You know, I was watching a documentary on this guy, uh, Reagan. You don't remember Reagan? And when Reagan came to power, when before he was in power, Jimmy Carter was the president. And the economy was down, prices were very high. And people said that Reagan in the first year of his presidency... Didn't do much. But he encouraged and gave America hope. So just that hope in itself. Made people think there was no problem. Meanwhile, the problems were still there. Amen. Just the words that he spoke to the nation. Actually killed all the fires around. Sometimes the little you can say. Even though your home is broke. You can say it is well. God shall provide our needs according to his riches in glory. Recently, I went into my bank account, and when I saw the bank account, I was not happy. And you, know, you know what I did? I, you know how you can have nicknames for your bank account? I changed all the nicknames in my bank account. The Lord shall provide. Um, I shall not lack any good thing. I called one more than enough. Uh, I called one. Oh, you accounts. I, I about five accounts bank. I changed their nickname. I didn't think it, it was not account number one one zero. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean anything. So anytime I look at the account number and there's no money in it, I say, ah, more than enough. <laughs> I see more than enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I'm calling the things that are not as though what they were. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 let me, I wish I could even put, give, give all of them to you. Are, are you with me? Do you want to hear them? Okay, you watch, watch and see. Glory be to God. Okay, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Uh huh. One of them is, we shall not want. The other one is, the Lord shall supply. The other one is, my cup runneth over then the other one is called more than enough savings account. (laughs) Are you with me? I could have called them, I am broke today. There's no money in this one. This one needs more money. But we refuse that. We call the things that are not as though what they are. I'm not denying the facts. But I'm prophesying into my future. Hallelujah. I'm prophesying into my future. You know, you are the greatest prophet for your own self. Sometimes you are waiting for a prophet or reverend to prophesy over you. But the question is, what are you telling yourself? Because what you tell yourself is more powerful than what people tell you. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Rev can prophesy to you, say all the positive things to you. You are blessed and highly favored. But when you go up and you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell them, I am cursed and ill-favored. What he said will not have an effect because you don't have faith. The Bible says that when God, the Israelites heard God's word, they did not mix it with faith. So that in that case, the word that was spoken did not benefit them. What are you saying to yourself? Hallelujah. What are you prophesying to yourself? Oh, am I preaching to somebody? The place is very quiet. Are you enjoying my message? Yeah. So learn to kill the fires that you've already set for yourself. There are times you have to just tell yourself, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will live and not die and declare the works of the, of, the, of the Lord. It is well with my soul. I am blessed and highly favored. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I was looking at the, the scripture in Ephesians that says that, and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? Which is what? The word of God. And the word there, do you know the word in Greek? Can you go to Ephesians 6? wherever that scripture is, I just clicked on that in my uh, concordance, and the word means the spoken word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. That is why when Jesus was tempted, he said what? It is written. Because when the word is not spoken, it does not have an effect. So he says that, what? And take the helmet and the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word word of God. If you have the King James Concordance Bible, look at it. The word means the spoken word of God. It's not just the physical Bible that you're holding. It's the spoken word of God. You must speak it. Which is what? The sword. So if you are not speaking it, it doesn't become a sword. Do you understand? If you put it under your pillow, it does not become a sword. It's just a book. It's only when you speak it that it becomes what? A sword. And if you look at the armor of God, it's the only offensive weapon that we have. What are you saying? You can have what you say. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. Words are creative forces, I tell you. Creative forces. You see, when the Bible says that when God made the heavens and the earth, and the earth was what? Without form and void. There was nothing. Total darkness, blackness, nothing. And the Spirit of God was just hovering. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was just walking around. God, say something, let me do it. Just say something, you know. God, Just just hovering around. The Holy Ghost was just bored. Just walking around. Hovering over the surface of the deep. Just hovering. Then, let there be light. There was light. (laughs) it's time you also start to say let there be money let let there be a husband let there be a wife (laughs) let there be a child who graduates from college (laughs) let there be a good child in my home it's time you also let there be and there was then he was he says separate the seas and the waters from the ones that are above and the seas that are below and then it happened you see and then he says, let there be stars. And then billions and bi- Do you know there are more stars in the universe than all the sand uh, and the beaches of the world? Yeah. And God spoke. And the stars came. And he said, let the vegetation also spring forth. That's where you are getting your cassava. That's where you are getting your plantain. Everything, they were made by the spoken word. Hallelujah. And he said, let us make man in our image and likeness and it happened by the spoken word you can frame your life by shaping your words hallelujah you can write it down you can shape your life by what framing your words are you with me church yeah so decide to speak positive things it's not an acknowledgement of, sorry, the denial of realities of your life. Do you understand? Because you believe in that spiritual force that says that I can have what I say. Remember the woman uh, with the issue of blood? He said that he, she said, she didn't just feel it. She said, if I may, but what? Touch him, I will be whole. And she did. She, the first thing she said, If I touch, if I touch, I'll be made whole. If I apply for this job, I'm going to get it. If I do this, it doesn't mean that the world, everything will fall on your lap. But I can promise you that out of that prophecy that comes out of your mouth, one of them will come to pass. (laughs) Hallelujah. One of them will come to pass. God gave you your lips not to gossip about people. Not to start quarrels. You see, the Bible says that where gossip ceases, quarrels cease. When you see a church full of quarreling, it's a sign of a church full of gossiping. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? A church full of what? Quarreling and backbiting and all the, it's a church There's a sign that the people in the church don't know how to control their mouths. That is it. Do you get it? And there's, you see, life as a test is, is very mysterious. True or not true? Do you get it? And I wonder why you want to waste this precious power that God has given you to talk and discuss events and people. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe your life. You don't want a bright future. But I want a bright future. Do you get it? And I think it's a waste of real estate. <laughs> it's a waste of real estate, you know, to use my life and my time for something that is not beneficial. Do you get it? And you see, sometimes I think we also waste that. When you hear someone discussing you, gossiping about you, you have to get the courage to just let it go. Oh, someone says it takes a lot, It's true. Do you understand? You have to get some courage and say, you know what? I'm just going to overlook this thing. Because truth be told, you yourself has also what? Gossip about people. True or not true? The Bible says a scripture like that. He says that do not pay attention to everywhere that people speak against you. Yeah. Do you want us to read it? Let me show you. Let me show you. I hope I can find that for you. It's in Ecclesiastes. Are you being blessed? Uh-huh. Okay. L- look at Ecclesiastics 7. Too. I think you should put your hands together for whoever is at the back. He's really doing a good job. <laughs> okay. Listen. Let's read it together. One, two, three, Go. Next one, verse 22. Oh, let's read it louder. We're not a lot, so let's fill the room. One, two, three, go. Come on. (laughs) Message Bible. Let's see what it says 21 and 22. We're really going to get something interesting here. Don't eavesdrop on the conversation of others. What if the gossip is about you, and you'd rather not what? Hear it. (laughs) You've done that a few times, haven't you? (laughs) Say things behind someone's back you wouldn't say to his face. (laughs) Shabaya! Don't eavesdrop on conversations of others. Wow. Sometimes there are some things you better not hear. Sometimes when people call and say, I heard this thing about you, say, look, you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to what? I don't want to what? I don't want to hear it. It's okay. Can you just imagine if, let's say, uh, Lady Pastor Elaine has decided to react to everything that people have said about her in this church? Or Bishop has decided to react to everything. You will not have any friends around you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And even it says that sometimes you yourself also, you have gossiped about others. Hallelujah. Yeah, you yourself has really, you've also done it before. You get it. So don't, you see, one time um, Reverend was preaching Tuesday service, and he was saying that the church likes criticizing the world. But don't take it lightly when the world speaks against us. We then rise up, don't speak against the Lord and his anointed. You see, we, we begin to say curses. But normally, we also don't say good things about the world. And we don't, He said the churches and pastors don't like criticism. We, we don't have thick skin when it comes to these things. Zero tolerance. Speak against the pastor and he starts a series about you right now. Seven types of people who are destroying my ministry. <laughs> and you can see that you are in the message. <laughs> yeah. He said, we, we like to tell people what to do, but we don't like. And then he said that normally the things the world is speaking against the church is true. Don't we love money? Haven't we made the church a money loving uh, institution? We are flying private jets and whatnot and our church members are living in poverty. Isn't that true? Church members who are working $8 an hour, $10 an hour, bringing all their resources and then we are living uh, lavishly. When your bills are down, you can't pay the rent. Then you start a new series on tithing. What is even the motive behind it? He was saying all these things. And the church doesn't want to hear it but we are rather quick to point out what the, the fault of others. And then he was saying that it's because of that that the world doesn't even want to come to us. Sometimes I feel the, the least place to go for compassion is in church. The worst place to show your problems is in church. You are better off sometimes talking to your boss than talking to us some people who say, church folk, do do, do you understand yeah that is why I've really thought about it how come when we come to church we all pretend because we can't trust each other we can't trust each other with our faults I got into an accident and then look at what the people started talking about me he doesn't pay tithe that's why my child was sick And look at what the church members started saying about me. Oh, I don't pray enough. You don't come to church often. He said, that is why these things are happening to you. Lose your job. And you will hear what people will tell you. You are not paying your tithe. You don't pray enough. When we're giving that special offering, you didn't go. That is why this is happening to you. And sometimes I feel that people don't love coming to church. Because it's the place that they don't have compassion. The least place they would get compassion. The least, i mean, the place, if you want, you are better even going to the hospital, and I have seen well-meet good people sometimes suffering from depression, and you know these guys who killed themselves so recently, Anthony Ward Bourdain, and Kate Spade—you know—you might you might condemn them and say, eh. They have all the money in their world, but you see, they, they don't have. No, it's not about that, because rich people hate too. Whether they are rich, they are poor, they all suffer from. See, the reason the poor man sometimes doesn't kill himself is the rope to buy, the money to buy the rope. He doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. There's even nothing to hang himself on. There's, he doesn't even have the ceiling. Because your ceiling is six foot, you see. But the rich man, at least, he has a a 20-foot ceiling. (laughs) The reason the poor man can't kill himself, you see, because he hasn't even tasted the riches of the world before. So at least, he let me just taste it before I kill myself. At least the hope is keeping him alive. (laughs) Do, do, Do you get what I'm saying? And, this, and I was saying that, you see, when people are suffering from depression and all these things, let's not say that they are tormented. But who likes to come to your problem and say, hey, you are demon infested? Nobody wants that. Do you? No. Do you get it? Or they, they don't do this, or they, they are not filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was saying that, listen, Elijah, the anointed man of God, was depressed. Elijah, do you know who Elijah was? A man who could pray for rains to fall and the rains to cease. You can't even pray for a dollar. <laughs> Elijah was a man with like passions. The Bible said he was a man with like passions, with like weaknesses, with like sicknesses, with like weaknesses like you and I. Elijah was a man. He was depressed. He had a weakness. I was reading this, studying about the biography, I was studying about Abraham. And twice, Abraham lied to people about his wife. The Abraham we call the father of whatever, he was lying. Because Abraham was a man, Elisha was a man. One time he came from somewhere and 50 kids came and were teasing him, you bald head. And then he commanded bears to come and eat them. Hey! Small anointing you were giving day one. Then one, you are calling bears to kill children? <laughs> and you don't respect, you know the anointing I'm carrying. You see a double portion of Elijah's anointing. You don't know who I am. You know, and he's calling bears because Elisha was a man, Elijah was a man, Moses was a man. You see, and God does not just discard these people because he knows that they are weak. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Think of think of how long it took God to get Moses. Eighty years. Eighty what? Good years. Is that like you are training a horse for eighty years to run a race? Eighty years. So if such a person makes mistake, a mistake, God does not throw them away, because if I take Moses away, who is going to lead these people? I am better off with a faulty Moses than a perfect nobody. I prefer Moses who married an Ethiopian woman who killed and murdered some. It's okay. I like him. Because if I look at what it took me to get this guy, hey, think about it. Someone has to go marry somebody, give birth. You know, put him in a basket, put him across the river. Pharaoh's daughter takes him, nurses him. He grows up in Egypt, goes to school. God has to pay his school fees in the University of Egypt. It was the Ivy League of that moment. You know, God had to arrange for Pharaoh to love him, you know, and that he kills somebody. He runs to the desert for 40 good years. And then he comes back. And even when God was sending, he didn't want to go. And then, if such a person makes a mistake and you raise your mouth against him, and God says, He's my boy. I talk to him face to face. I love him. You don't know what it took for me to get Moses. And if Moses is not there, I don't have anybody. Maybe Joshua. But I didn't anoint Joshua to cross the Red Sea. Joshua maybe can cross the Jordan but not the Red Sea. Joshua can do miracles, but he's not a Moses. And guess what? You might think God didn't love Moses. But all these guys, when they made a mistake and God took them away, God did not demote them. He promoted them in heaven. That is why on the transfiguration, who came? Moses and who? Elijah. God did not demote them. He promoted them to divine things. Yeah. I, didn't promote, I thought about this oh my god because moses said something he was supposed to speak to the rock and then he hit the rock and god says it's enough come home the way things are going if i don't bring you home you might destroy these people <laughs> because the people have worried him they wanted to stone him they said one time he gave them meat to eat they said we don't like this meat you know moses you are trying to kill us you know, we, we, the one thing he can say, all we have is this manna, 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 manna. Mac and cheese every day. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. You know your children. The way they do. Mac and, we, we are tired of this mac and cheese. And Moses was so frustrated. He was getting frustrated. And God said, let me call you home. And Elijah said, Lord, Lord, I'm the only person left. I am tired. God said, come home. And I thought about God did not demote them. God promoted them. Hallelujah. What did God do? He promoted them. You see, that is why I have made it my choice that it's not my job to criticize God's ministers. Hallelujah. I guard my mouth against them. It is not my job. Because you think about the life of Moses and what it took Moses, God, to make a Moses. You sometimes wonder why God does not despise people one of the people I like to listen to is Jimmy Swaggart, his music. And I am yet to meet any singer in our generation who composes and sings anointed music like Jimmy Swaggart. You know Jimmy Swaggart? You know what happened to him? Yeah. Listen to him on YouTube. You, I mean, when you hear the song, a presence just enters a room. Hey! And God has kept him preaching. But if it was you and I, we would say that word. God, we won't go to his church again. He's, a, he's been with a prostitute. He's whatever. But what the things we accuse pastors of, we do it anyway. <laughs> the whole church is quiet. What have you accused a man of God of that you haven't done before? Fornication, you do it. Adultery, you do it. Stealing, you steal on your taxes. I'm preaching. I think it's a good place to put your hands together for the Lord. (laughs) Do, do, Do you understand? The pastor didn't call you. You don't call people either. Do you call people? You don't call people. Do you follow up on people? When you were sick, nobody called you. When the people were sick, you didn't call them too. Do you understand? That's why Jesus said. Remove the beam that is in your eye. Anytime you see something in some other you feel like correcting, there's normally something in you that is worse. One way or the other. One way or the other. So I made up my mind. Sometimes, you know this guy in Ghana, he's called Bishop Obinim. He's a very controversial pastor in Ghana. And people send him funny clips about him. I mean, the things he do, I don't know whether they are Bible-based, but I just look at it and I just think of Moses. It's okay. It's not my, what would I gain from it? Unnecessary arguments what would you gain from it someone told me something he said that he said that he doesn't argue over politics because to him arguing over politics is like two bald men fighting over a comb if i win what am i going to do with a comb have you th- think about it think about it two bald men fighting over a comb If I win the argument, what am I going to do with it? You wonder, you're going to comb this. So he doesn't waste his time over unnecessary arguments. So should you. Your words and your lips are very precious. And may out of that flow rivers of living water, rivers of praises, rivers of blessings and not curses, rivers of good things and not bad things, Put your, come on why don't you rise, rise to your feet thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus why don't you talk to God this morning for just a minute say Father touch my heart give me the grace to be able to speak good words may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight O oh God we thank you in the name of Jesus. We ask, oh God, that heart, oh our religion God. would not be worthless, O oh God. We pray that, Father, may the fruit of our lips be acceptable in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you the praise and the glory. We pray that, Lord, our lives will be transformed and be made better for your glory. In Jesus' name. And the people of God say, it, Amen. Oh, Amen. Put your hands together for the lord hallelujah you may be seated let's bring our final tithe and offerings to the lord and we'll be out of here we'll uh, jump straight into the schools and then our second service will begin amen
0: we hope that you've been blessed come join us for any of our services contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.